0: Let's thank God. Dear Lord, we're grateful. You are merciful to us. Uh, we are sometimes slow to understand the way you have entered the world through your son and the way we're supposed to respond or what you're looking at in us. We ask that you would open this portion of St. John's Gospel to us so that we would understand better. In your son's name, amen. Amen. Uh, at dinner a few nights ago Tammy turns to me and says do you think you'll ever preach a decent sermon? I was shocked, stunned and she said, well let me clarify you know, one that would affect people and I might get the quotes, I might have gotten the quotes wrong there but uh... so it got me thinking because as an egotist I am naturally Convinced that every single one of my sermons is one, a decent, two, would change lives the world over. But you say, look at this. Not only look at how many, but look at the condition of these few. A motley crew of believers. But that sits on pastor. I mean, she, again, Tammy wasn't actually that crude or rude, rude to me. But it got us talking about the nature of the desire to affect people in ministry. It, we get up here, we want, to, we want to be funny. We want to be engaging. We want to be true. We want to be biblical. We want to be, uh, you know, we, because we're trying to get through whatever defenses are out there, right? Because we're a rational church here at, at All Souls, and so we believe in the word of God, and we believe it makes sense, and our know, sentences are parsed out with the verbs being verbs and direct objects and historical grammatical interpretation. We're rationalists. Now, not all churches are, but we're all being moved. I'm being moved that way, that I want to you know wish I was, I have a tweed jacket so I could be C.S. Lewis on Sunday morning. Because I want to affect people. Some churches want to affect them, and they, and they have a life of the church, kind of what's going on, programs and the like. You know, you probably don't want that here, and we don't want that here. But some have a group, and you know, we have an orchestra, but we don't have a worship team, there's not that riff going with the drummer and the bass player. My daughter's church is that way. You're, you're, you can feel your insides leap from the bass line. And you think it's the Holy Ghost because we're trying to affect people and many people are affected by music emotionally they're affected by a powerful or an engaging sermon mentally they're entertained but I have a suspicion we're missing something this last week a debate occurred between the science guy and Ken Ham of Creation Research I did not watch it I don't like debates they don't do anything, generally. And usually the people who are the most eager to debate are the least equipped. But that might not be the case. I have known nothing about, is it Bill Nye, the science guy? And Ken Ham of Creation Research? And people pick up sides during, middle, and afterwards. We're looking for a way to change people, and we think if we push some right button in front of them as they stand there with their hands on their hips, show me that Jesus is the Christ, and they prove to me that God exists, prove to me that, that we're not monkeys who made it, prove to me. In John 5, and I only have a little bit of John 5, and i got got a little of John 5 at the beginning, we're going to get John 8 in the middle, we're going to go back and look at John 5 at the end. The Father who sent me has himself borne witness to me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe him whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it is they that bear witness to me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Part of the problem here is we are easily, we we know that the sources of evidence, the sources of argument, the sources of authority do have authority. Reason, revelation, revelation, the world around you, and so the scientific Christians are out there making an argument out of creation, and the philosophic Christians are making apologetic arguments out of the nature of the will and the nature of thought and the nature of absolutes, and and the and the uh, um, and the biblical ones are arguing from the scriptures, you know, preaching on the street corner powerfully. This is the way it is. We all do know that those things carry the truth of God in them, and so we are easily drawn to believe that we're just not doing that well enough. Haven't come up with that perfect apologetic line. You ever hear one of those by like C.S. Lewis or somebody you like that uh, just, well, just smack down. It's such a powerful thing. And you look at the person it corrected and just, nothing. nothing, No movement. And then you start reading the Gospels like we're in now, and we begin to realize even when you're Jesus, okay, where you have first hand knowledge of the creation of the world, you made it. That's probably a pretty good apologetic for creationism. Yeah, I made it. No, thanks. Even when your teaching is brilliant morally, knows the word of God of the Old Testament throughout, from the age of 12, he's making rabbis go, what? You're amazing. People marveled at him. And then he would do things like raise the dead. And you you sometimes think, if you could come up with the best debater for Christianity, or the most winsome preacher, the most interesting writer of apologetics, the best scientific argument, if you could do miracles, I'm sorry, that's not the problem. Jesus Christ did it all standing on his head, one hand behind his back, and they killed him. Maybe it's a different problem. Let's look at John 8. Now, John 8, if, you, if you're familiar from John, is a wonderful commentary on the nature of people's belief and response to him, and um, it very... You know, all the great passages of, uh, you might say, meaningfulness seem to come out of John. John 8. John 8 had started with, it's not actually the earliest manuscripts, The Woman Caught in Adultery story. Um, I don't know what that does to you, but sometimes it occurs here, sometimes it occurs at the end of John, sometimes it occurs at the end of Luke or somewhere else. But it got inserted later. We don't know if it's real. So, Christ, when he starts in about verse 12, we're not starting that early, he's been doing some miracles, and he's been teaching on the nature of his ministry. And in verse 30, as he spoke thus, many believed in him. Now, right about there, the average evangelical pastor Okay. okay, don't ask, don't do anything more. Just get them to walk the aisle. They walked the aisle. They signed the card. They said they believed. Don't do anything. Don't say anything. Don't pick any fights. We get a lot of problems in the evangelical church today because Christians are so unwilling to bring up a moral problem be it homosexuality, or sexual immorality of normal kinds, or drunkenness, or drug use, or whatever it is, they don't want to uh, have that belief, find out whether that belief is any better than this. Because he says, as he spoke thus, many believed in him. Now our first verse in John 8, 31, the next verse, Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him. He doesn't listen to that basic thing. You know, you you get people to claim that they're Christians and followers of Jesus. Let's not rock that boat any. Jesus says, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. The word truly is not there just because we hear it all the time in the Bible. You know, truly, truly. Verily, verily. You are really my disciples. And I am concerned, basically, says Jesus, that you really are. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. If you are truly my disciples, you will continue in his word. Shouldn't be a problem, now, should it? They had believed in him, no doubt, because he he was doing miracles for heaven's sake. They, people will believe a compelling teacher or a great worship service where their emotions are moved. They will come forward. They will believe. They'll sign the card. They'll join your church. But if they're truly his disciples, they will continue in his work. That means everything they hear from now on from Jesus Christ is gospel. But what happens an awful lot of the times is that people don't want all the rest of Jesus and his apostles. They answered him, we are descendants of Abraham and have never been in bondage to anyone. How is it that you say you will be made free? There was something in his remarks that bothered these believers don't you realize you're not allowed to say to Jewish people that you will be set free? Now oddly enough, they turn the lights off. Um, I don't know if that's an omen. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be back at some point. Nope, not yet. Um, I am a man of faith (laughs) what Jesus wants to do is he wants to be sure that they're truly his disciples Jesus answered them verse 34 truly truly I say to you everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin The slave does not continue in the house forever. The son continues forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are descendants of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me. Because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father. You do what you have heard from your father. What these remember the category of people he's talking to Jews who believed in him and he starts drawing a line that is a lot more exquisite or acute or, or precise or demanding than most of us are willing to do because we're waiting for the church to convince you the teacher to convince you the, and he'd convince you every step of the way right? I don't know if I believe that. Well, I believe about the gospel, but I don't know if I believe that. Well, I believe about that and this, but I don't know about this. Who are you? You're nobody. You're actually, what is happening here is you are finding out, not whether or not you, the standard of all things, in a state of ignorance and willing to be convinced, Need to have the powerful, rational teacher, the powerful miracle worker, the powerful music uh, ministry make an impression on you. And do it week after week after week. Will I ever preach a decent sermon? Will I ever preach one that will affect you? Again, in my own mind, I think they're all wonderful. But I don't think that's the problem. Because he says, you do what you have heard from your father. He's he looking at these believers in him, in the basis of his ministry, what he's already done, what he's already declared, and he says, you're more like your father, because I'm interested in finding out who is truly my disciple, if they continue in my word. Now, me buckos, what's it going to be? And they said, they answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do what Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You do what your father did. Well, they're getting a sense that the teacher is not on their side. They have believed in him. And if he'd only continue to say things they wanted to hear things that benefited them, things that they considered in addition to their lives, they would be, they'd be cool with Jesus. And many ministries in Christendom keep doing that. They look, keep looking for that which would make everybody comfortable. Everybody of a certain set show up, be it you know, sufficiently hip like our church. I just said sufficiently. There are some good students here. We don't want to be in the business of trying to make an impression on people who need to have an impression made on them. You say, what? what? Isn't that evangelism? Isn't that... Because people are going to do what their father did. Because they realize, hold it, he's not letting us get away with saying Abraham is our father. Abraham he says would listen to me and that's the key of being a disciple of Christ are we eager for knowing what Jesus Christ taught you are you eager to know what God has declared for you to go out and do whatever that is he said Abraham would have done that and you're not doing that you just want to kill me and so they get a little bit snippy we're not born of fornication probably some memory, remember Jesus is maybe 30. They know that virgin birth, yeah, everyone knew. The Blessed Virgin Mary was probably not a virgin. And so when you want to take a shot at Jesus' ministry, you bring up the fact that his mom had a baby before she was kind of married. we're not born of fornication, we have one father, God. So they say, okay, not Abraham, God. Jesus said, if God were your father you would love me. For I proceeded and came forth from God. I came not of my own accord but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. So, if you're dealing with somebody who seems to not recognize the most obvious of Truth claims, the most obvious of presentations, don't think that if a miracle was done in front of them, that they would repent. These were people that had miracles done in front of them. These were people with Jesus Christ talking to them. They heard the Sermon on the Mount in person. They're having a little conversation with Jesus in history does it get better than that and they're losing the conversation why don't people pursue God because they haven't answered the question well who's your daddy, who's your father who do you look like, who do you live like You cannot bear to hear the words of Christ because the words of Christ presuppose a family identity from God. Where that you say, I am desiring, wanting, eager to be God's child. Not anyone else's. Not my father's. Not just a son of America. Not just what I want to be. You are of your father, the devil. This is Jesus talking, by the way. If you ever wonder about Jesus' way of handling crowds. I've, you know, I mean, Decades ago, when I first was looking at this passage, I was just amazed by it, because realizing he started out with the group of Jews that believed in him. And he does this to them. Just slices them off at the knees. You're not really disciples. You don't really... You're not listening to me and believing in me because you are of my Father. You don't understand what I say because you cannot bear to hear my word. I hear people all the time in Christian circles who don't agree with the Lord or the Lord's apostles. Just don't agree. Just think they can do that. If you continue in his word, you're truly his disciples. Don't go around calling yourself a Christian if you've just sort of added Christian concepts to parts of your life. You are of your father the devil. Your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks according to his nature for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. That's a little harsh. But it is amazing how many people who normally have integrity suddenly do begin to lie. They'll start lying about all sorts. You see it in, in politics all the time. Somebody's caught with their metaphorical pants down in some situation. They're Scandal erupts, and they persist for the first few weeks to lie, and then they start telling a little bit of the truth, and finally all of the truth. Then they hopefully go to prison. Why do they lie? Because they're the father, of the devil. The father of the de- their, their father, of the devil, isn't like literally I'm a spawn of Satan. It is, I am the devil. So to whatever degree the devil uh, encourages the wickedness of man. I don't profess to know that. But to whatever degree, it is the war between following yourself and your own will, that which provides for you the you the way you want you to be. That you want what you want, when you want it, and generally you want it now. And you're happy to listen to religious people every so often. You're happy to consider what they have to say if they pony up with some great proofs. You're just proving you're the father of the devil. You're just serving you, even when you're listening to religious stuff. And you are going to turn on it like nobody's business, like they turn on him. He knows that by now they're beginning to think of ways to kill him. Which of you convicts me of sin? I tell you the truth. Why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Looking for definitions, put that on the fridge. The reason I don't listen to Evan's rather decent sermons that are bound to affect the most godly, the reason I am not changed is because I don't listen to God. I'm not God's son. I want to be. I need to be God's son. I need to be truly. You say, well, Evan, it's not really about your sermons now, is it? No, it's not. It's about the Lord's words. As close as, you know, in our viewpoint is the only authority any teacher up here would have is the degree of authority that present the scriptures to you. Because you are bound to be a disciple of God by how much you continue in his word. Do you believe you, in the spirit of the age, of people who are modernly trying to you know, get you to come along by offering you whatever is current, or are you believing what God says. The Jews answered him, "Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon?" And it was like a, first you're a bastard, in the strict sense of the meaning of the word. We were not born of fornication, like you. And isn't it true you have a plate in your head? That comes from Tommy Boy, classical reference. Don't you remember the scene? Who remembers the scene where? Some of my children. Um, it's, it seems so petulant, right? Does sound, are we not right in saying you are. And it is the worst thing you can say to a Jew, right? A Samaritan. Your mother was a Hittite and your father smelt of elderberries. I think I mixed up my quotes there. (laughs) One was from Ezekiel and the other was from Monty Python, I think. Your mother was a Hittite, was Ezekiel, and what was it in the the movie? Uh, Your mother was... A hamster. A hamster, that's right. And your father smelt of elderberry. Ah, uh, good times. <laughs> the Jews answered him, "Are you not right? Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan? Oh, and also demon possessed. They had minutes ago believed in him. They're just fighting mad because he has trod on the real point." That underlies every attempt to represent God in this world. We're not looking for everybody to turn. We are looking for the people who want to hear God. When it talks about that earlier in John, John um, John 6 where it says, um, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. for you to get the benefit to be affected by any decent sermon that comes your way, for you to pick up a book by someone who's wise in the ways of things, understand philosophy, for you to benefit really is when your knee is already bowed before the living God. You are a child of his, and you have overturned the other claimant to your fatherhood. You have heard and learned from the Father. You come to Christ. If you are of God if you love God, you listen to Christ and you continue to listen to Christ because you've already made that decision, the decision not to serve you, but if you're already still in, if you're just expecting an answer that will you know, fill in the blanks of your claims well, how do I know this is true? Well, I just know one thing about you you're of your father and your father is not God Jesus answered, I have not a demon, but I honor my father, and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he will be the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, now we know you have a demon. Abraham died as did the prophets and you say if one, anyone keeps my word he will never taste death are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets died who do you claim to be? Jesus answered if I glorify myself my glory is nothing it is my father who glorifies me of whom you say he is your God that had insult dripping from it. My father is the one you claim is your God. Not that he is your God. You claim he is your God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I said I do not know him, I should be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced when he was to see my day. He saw it and was glad. Think of yourself in this conversation. What kind of person are you? Are you eager to know what he is saying to Jesus? Or are you feeling all the things that define you as you? You are willing to add the teachings of Jesus. He's a pretty compelling rabbi, and he does miracles. You're willing to add certain people to your repertoire because you are making you Was the thing from Juvenal? It's quoted in a lot of places. Know thyself. That's what everybody seems to be up to. Yes, I gotta really I gotta I gotta know myself. I gotta be in touch with who I am. The person who's gonna hear Jesus Christ is to know thy God, not thyself. Know thy God and realize you're dealing with a God. and realize that you're dealing with someone to whom all of history has bowed down to. When he says, Abraham rejoiced that he was to see my day, he saw it and was glad. He takes the biggest figure in their, you might say, historic pantheon of important people. It'd be like me in Christian circles going, you know, Augustine would be happy to meet me. He would reach out, he would nod his head, and he'd say, Master. And C.S. Lewis would consider himself merely as John the Baptist to Evans, Evan. What kind of conceit are we dealing with here? Pretty impressive. He takes Abraham and says, you know, he was looking forward to me. And he did come to that point, and he was glad when he saw it. The Jews then said to him, you are not yet 50 years old and you have seen Abraham. We think we caught you in a historic problem of about 1800 years. Oh, they're all very willing to measure you, right? You notice how the doubters, the people that have got all sorts of questions waiting for that argument that's really going to stop them in their tracks, which never will happen. They never, ever consider that their own claims of authority about what they're believing and not believing have never been challenged by themselves by the same you know, you never look at these people and go, you know you're nothing, frankly history has gone by, a lot of things have happened, you're maybe 20 some years old, I'm 59, I was born during the early 50's and a lot of big things happened. I was not involved in any one of them. I didn't go to Woodstock. I didn't go to NAM. I was in boot camp when NAM ended. Okay? I got a national defense ribbon for being in the service. Barely. A lot of things happen. You're not a part of history. Oh, and the future? There are seven billion-ish people in the planet. You are one seven billionth of the future for a period of time that could only be called a vapor. Okay? Alright? You're just a vapor. You had you had you, you did nothing already. You've accomplished zip. You're in Idaho. Okay? Nothing is going to get really. But I'm going to become. Oh, maybe you will. But just think of it—one seven billionth of importance for a vaporous period of time. And that's your God. And that's the standard that measures all things that come down to you. But Jesus is different. Jesus said to them. Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Are you insane? You're not certainly not old enough to. Um, well, not only am I old enough, but in a kind of eternal way. Let me use the phrase in Greek, "ego eimi," that is the same as the "I am" of Scripture, Yahweh. I am. I mean, just in the English, it's weird. Before he was, I am, present tense. So, naturally, they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. These were the Jews. I don't know how many verses earlier, 28 verses earlier, believed. But the kind of belief That the pleady church, trying to produce a sermon that is decent enough to convince you, a worship team that will grab your interest, a miracle or two on the front stage, slaying people in the spirit, doing whatever they got to do to get your attention, and really we're looking for those people who have heard and learned from God. And they're beginning to think that they're hearing and learning from God and Jesus Christ. They begin to bow the knee to God not just part of their life, all of it. It's a choice between you and him. Know thyself or know thy God. You're going to believe whatever suits your kind of religion. You're going to, that's what you're going to believe. You're going to, Whatever kind of religion you are having, and you are going to have the results of that in your life. I just am recommending not being one more of those religious people. Because really, just like designed economies are always such a fraud, designed religions, designed churches, churches that aren't, they're being built by a committee of women in flower print dresses. You know they wear them in churches. You know that, it's nothing against a flower print dress, but should they be deciding what a church looks like? Or whatever, the committee, some, or some sort of, you know, guys with knickers in the twist about some sort of theology wanting to make sure that the ecclesiastical order or the book of church order is followed to a T and they turn it into, you know, Supreme Court proceedings. You want that kind of religion? Or do you want to be rejoicing in being a child of Christ Being changed by his Holy Spirit and believing what he says because you are his. Not because you were convinced that on every point that it should be added to your life, but you were convinced that God was God and you are not. You want to be like the kind of religious or Christian people who have believed in their God. And don't have any embarrassment about what he says. Don't want to run away from Christ or the apostles on any point. Because anytime you start feeling your back get up when St. Paul says something, you have to say, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Didn't I already decide this? Am I following Christ and his apostles or am I not? Back in that John 5 passage... The next verse was 41. I do not receive glory from men, but I know that you have not the love of God within you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. Now there are a lot of both Christian pastors, Christian teachers, false teachers, uh, bad philosophers, people that are out there in the world that the world has got this nice little deal worked out with them. Now the pastors don't know, and I think they're probably you know just not thinking about this very directly. There's a little agreement. We will believe you. We will select what we believe from you. We will we will make you somebody. Just don't question our lives too deeply. Don't ask us to do more than we're willing to do. Believe more than we're willing to believe. You, who come, anyone who comes in their own name, you will believe. And they don't receive Christ, and they don't receive the apostles, and they don't design their life according to what is written. But they believe just about anybody. I, I talked to my father-in-law many years ago, before he died. He's an atheist. And, and his basic argument against the Bible was, well, you know, it was all written by men. Yeah, I knew that. Has her names right at the beginning of the books. John, is this guy's name. i not like I missed that. <laughs> Oh, I thought God really. it. But at another point, he'd be telling me some story he had read in Saga Magazine, which is sort of National Enquirer for men. You know, all these stories of adventure and, and craziness that he believed anything. Believed anything in any other source. In a most, it's like people who read Reader's Digest and believe what's in it. Weekly, weekly World News. It doesn't matter to them that it's written by men. They'll go, hold it, this is written by men. How could this be true? This is Wikipedia. It's written by men. How could I believe this? Now, anybody they want to believe because the reason they believe those people, I was telling this girl who turned away from God a few years ago, I said, "I'll, I'll be impressed with you when you start doubting your new lords as much as you doubted your old. But actually, the reason you are clinging to your new lords is because your new lords are telling you exactly what you want to hear. In other words, they're in service to your urges because you're the main thing. And until that initial question, is it know thyself or know thy God? Are you about designing you? Or are you about bowing the knee to the living God? That's, answer that question. Then we can be about business. There will be people who are between those worlds who wonder where they are. It says at the end, how can you believe? Verse 44. How can you believe who receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? Answer that question first. Don't try to find what is it, the the kind of religion that suits you. I don't suit you, believe me. I think very, very strange things. Hopefully, I think them all because the scriptures tell me or because reason tells me or reality tells me. I have epistemic sources for all these things. But I know that you know. I'm hoping that my own belief is based on my bowing the knee to the Lord God. And that's what you're looking for when you teach. That is what you're looking for in a church. People who have bowed the knee. We don't want programs. We love our orchestra, but we don't think it's there to make you listen. Because we're praising God because we've already bowed the knee let's thank him dear Lord we are very grateful that you are there you are not silent you have presented yourself to countless teachers your son, your apostles, your prophets the way we listen who our parents are is going to measure whether or not we're truly your son's disciples Have us question ourselves today, Lord, in your son's name. Amen.